It's a demi. It's a demi. It's a demi. It's a demi. Oh, it feels good to finally have an intro for a demi. Welcome to Don't Evolve Me, the place like Ash Ketchum's Pikachu. We don't evolve, we just level up. This is your host, Jake Sherbing, and we're doing something a little bit different this week. Uh, normally, I try to do some weekly, uh, I try to do weekly podcasts on top of the fact of the show reviews. So this week we're doing a little differently. I wasn't able to get a weekly episode, but that's okay. I have some demis I want to do, which is a Don't Evolve Me mini episode, which is what this is. Um, this is going to be the Shazam spoiler talk. And then we might do another one that's more of a life episode and kind of just discussing what, why am I doing this? So look for that. That will be posted. This will be posted Tuesday morning as you'll be, that's when you'll be listening to it. And the other one will be posted Tuesday afternoon if we were going to do it. Anyway. All right. Shazam. That's what we're doing. That's what we're talking about guys today. Shazam spoiler talk. And this film, I am confused how I feel about this film. I really am, because it's on one hand, it's really, it, how do I explain this? This is the most generic, entertaining fun I've had in a movie. And when I tell people this, they're usually like, oh, that's not a good sign. And I'm like, it is and it isn't. This movie, you'll like this movie if you like Shazam. This movie is very much... In tone of Shazam, in tone of like those kid-like jokes, that hijinks fun movie. But it's the most generic Shazam movie you could possibly made, make. And I'll kind of go into details in a little bit of like why it's very generic. It's just one of those films. So the way I describe it is the first film, the best things about the first film is definitely the parts where Shazam, Billy Batson, gets his powers. He meets the wizard, he gets his powers, and him and Freddy are just fucking around. They're just messing around with the powers, they're just testing it out, and they're just like a child just like reacting to it. It's the best part of the whole film. It's very, I don't want to say amateurish, but it's just very down to life. It's like what a kid would do with powers, and it's just the most interesting part. And then surrounded with that film is you got the generic like super bad guy with very vague uh, motivations the why he's being evil they fight the bad guy there is like those hero heroic trump um those heroic tro- uh, tropes that's what i'm trying to th- say the tropes and it just it feels very yeah i give that movie a three because for the most part the great the best parts about it was wonderful and the other parts were they were serviceable they did the story well this movie didn't really lean on what made the first film great they leaned on just the generic superhero tropes but they just made it the best that they can and so this movie just it's it's fun it's entertaining just very very generic and you're just like i i love the i've loved the film going i enjoyed it i enjoyed most of it but i'm all, like when i think about it i'm like it's it's kind of like i didn't need to see it all right, so let's get into the movie a little bit. So the movie starts with a kind of a role reversal for Billy. He's all about family. He's all about keeping the family together, all, all, all or none. And he's holding the family back, which is very much a reverse role. In the first film, he's all about himself. He's doesn't really care about family. Doesn't he's not interested. So it's very role reversal. And I really like the setup. I honestly like most of the setups they had. It's just none of these setups go very, very deep. And what I mean by setups are 
Um, Pedro being Pedro is one example. Him being gay, they set him up where he's really into baseball because he's into baseball. Quotation marks. He really just likes the one player that plays for the Phillies, not based on a real player. I don't think. I don't really know. Um, I don't pay attention to the baseball too much, but they pay it off later in the movie where the Shazam family kind of like out themselves to the parents and he's like, I'm gay. And it's like, it's a cool moment, but it's just, it's not a deep moment. And there's just a lot of these uh, setups where that's not too deep. For example, Freddie wants to go be more independent. Uh, Mary wants to go to college. Uh, Eugene, Eugene, I believe. Yeah, that's his name. Um, and the family, he doesn't really get much of a setup. There's just, it's just very, there's a mom set up too, where the, um, Billy doesn't call his mom, mom. He just calls mom by her first name, which I don't remember exactly what her name is. I have it up. Um, Rosa. So he just calls her, oh, thanks Rosa. And then later in the film, he goes, oh, thanks mom. Like there's like those setups. Which, for the most part, it, they, they work. They're just not very deep. So, Billy has this whole role reversal. He's all about his family. doesn't let his family go. Uh, the very first scene is the bridge scene. Where the bridge is collapsing just out of nowhere. This huge, giant Philadelphia bridge. I don't know the name of the bridge. is collapsing. They go in the save the day. And they're very much... these. This is very much children acting as superheroes. And it, they play it off very, very well. And I enjoyed it because it... It kind of shows how inept these these kids are at being superheroes. They're going in. Um, for example, like this is a very traumatic event. These people are falling into the water, and this one girl is listening to "I Need a Hero," and Billy's just like, "Wait, you're listening to the song now as I save you? That's awesome!" And I'm like, to me, that just works. That's just that's Shazam. That's something they. That's what a kid would make fun of. But from the perspective of like everyone involved, they're all dealing with this very traumatic experiences, and these kids are just running around like it's nothing. Like it's just, it's just fun. It's a game for them. You have uh, Freddy. Freddy's character, who uh, Adam Brody plays, old, the older version of Freddy, and he's just like, you know, he's being all cocky, like, oh, yeah, don't, I just saved your life's life, don't, you know, take it one at a time, I know how awesome I am, like, they have, like, that whole um, heroic, like, it very reminds you of The Boys, like, Black Adam, that movie reminds you of The Boys, because they have, a, like, the superhero posturing, and that's kind of what this reminds me of, but it works very well for the fact that these are kids. These are kids playing these roles. So the bridge scene, for the most part, worked. It was it was interesting to see them play. I do like when movies, like superhero movies, they start off the superhero with the superhero or superheroes doing superheroes things. You know, the Dan Harmon superhero like hero cycle. Show them at their normal. And I really enjoyed that they showed them at their normal and showed how they're kind of incompetent heroes. The they're called the Philadelphia Fiascos, which makes sense. I mean, this is another one of those payoffs. They, you know, Philadelphia hates them, but they don't really go too deep into it. They just like, oh yeah, Philadelphia doesn't like them because there's a lot of property damage, which happens a lot in this movie. It makes sense. They're kids. Uh, then the movie goes off into this Freddy and uh, Freddy side story. And I'll be honest, the best parts about this movie is when it's Jack Dylan Grazer as Freddy. He is great. He's magnificent. Every movie that he's in, whether it's it, whether it's the first Shazam or this movie, he just steals the scene. He, the scenes where it's just him and 
where it's Anne or it's him and the wizard. Best parts of the movie. Like, these are the greatest parts. Like, I, I'm excited for this actor. Wherever he goes, whatever he does, like, I'm excited to watch whatever film he's in because he's, he kills it. He's killing him. So, Freddy, again, um, he's getting bullied in school and he's being a smart ass about it. Just hilarious. This film really feels like a 2000, uh, 2000, like, superhero film because for the second straight movie, you got, like, these bullies making fun of him for being, uh, you know, essentially just physically disabled and, I don't know if Gen Z does that because this is supposed to be like a Gen Z type kids. Do Gen Z, do they make fun of physically disabled people? I feel like Gen Z would be more empathetic. And then you have this girl, new girl takes a liking to Freddy, which again is kind of like off-putting. If this is a 2000 film, you think if this is like a very 2000 vibe, you feel like the girl wouldn't be interested, but Gen Z, I feel like, would be more interested. I don't know. Anyway, she's a double agent this entire time. You know, she is one of the, you know, surprise twist. She is one of the sisters, which that was always my question because they were like the sisters of Atlas. And like, I'm pretty sure if there's like the, the based off like the, the, the sisters' furies or the furies, there's usually three of them. So I did question them. Like, there's two of them in the marketing. Is there not a third one? And boom, this is the third one. Kind of seem obvious at first because. Yeah, you know, this girl immediately likes Freddy and they just immediately have a thing. Their relationship, I think for the most part, works. Um, her, t- in the later f- part of the film, becoming a double agent. Again, turning it to good. I don't, it's hard to believe that they're, yeah. It's, it's not really believable. But it's, it's a generic, it's a generic movie. This movie's great if you don't ask questions. Alright, then we meet the evil sisters. I forget their names. What is it? You got Calypso, and then you have Faith, and then Anne. I forget her actual name. Because I know that she's Anne when she's human. Hespera? No, Calypso, Hespera, and then I forget Anne's actual name. I know it's just a no longer play for Anne. Anyway, these villains, they're okay. They, they're they serviceable. Um, Lucy Liu has some lines where she just, like, she shows that she's more of a TV actress. She doesn't quite deliver them. Um, who plays Faith? She does uh, Hespera, Helen, Helen Murren. She nails it. They nailed the role. It's just very generic. They're mad at humanity for reasons. They go to Earth to get a MacGuffin. And then MacGuffin destroys the world for reasons. They, they're, just, they're just very generic villains. They don't really bring much to the table. Their motivations are kind of meh. Um, they're fun. It's a fun group to see Shazam fight against. They have a dragon. Very fun dragon fight. Great. Otherwise, eh, doesn't quite move the needle. That's how this movie is. It just doesn't move the needle. It's just very generic. I will say, um, so... Continuing the plot, their whole first, their whole thing is to go fight the Shazam champions. They're trying to take over Earth for reasons, and they're like, "Oh, they got the champions. The Wizard has the champions, and they're thinking of Shazam." Which this movie is supposed to be like into the DCU world. You think they would know about Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman? Like Wonder Woman, do you think would be probably their biggest threat because Wonder Woman is in direct reference to the Greek gods who literally fought, you know. 
um, I forget Ares. He fought they. She fought Ares. There's a whole. You think like the wizard's the one who took them out, but you think they would have more knowledge on those champions rather than the Philadelphia fiascos. You would think. Anyway, they steal Freddy and his powers because reasons. They want to steal his powers. They didn't really go into details. Again, for the second straight movie, they the whole plot is stealing Shazam's powers for reasons. Like they couldn't come up with anything else. And then they they go they steal Freddy. Freddy and the Wizard have some fun prison dynamics again. Anytime Freddy's on screen, Jack Dylan Grazer, um, he just nails it. Him and uh. The Wizard, Demon, Hudson? I'm butchering that. Those two just play off really, really well. They're really fun. I like The Wizard. He's just very he's very sarcastic. And then you have a really whippy Freddy just going back and forth. This is the best part of the film. Maybe this is why initially I gave it a 3+. plus. Uh, talking about Mandalorian with Donald coming off of it. I'm like, 3+, plus just because that's fun. I just want to see them going back and forth. And then you have the Shazam family. They meet up. They're, they're exploring the little uh, Rock of Eternity. Uh, they find this giant library that just none of them knew that was there except for Eugene. They meet a pen named Steve. Steve's, Steve's a cool addition. It, it's very Harry Potter feel. It's, again, just don't think about it. Uh, they don't really explore the lore too much. They try to figure out how to beat the sisters. And then it leads to the sisters. They're... They're trying to negotiate. It doesn't quite go to plan. Some of them lose power. Some of them don't. I, I, it's hard to keep track who loses, who gets powers. Freddy and the wizard escape. Um, Anne turns on the villains. And then the villains, the two sisters, Calypso and Faith, they turn on each other. The one, Lucy Lou, uh, she's the evil sister. She's trying to destroy the world because reasons, revenge, humans are bad. They seal the MacGuffin, they go, they plant a MacGuffin, they make the Tree of Eternity, and then monsters appear and they fight the monsters. It's, again, just very superhero generic stuff. There's not a whole much details to talk about because that's basically what it is. Shazam family fights them. Some of them have power, some of them don't. At one point, it's just Shazam who has powers, Billy Batson, and they fight. End of story. So, there's little parts. I do like the dragon. And I do like the whole, like, oh man, the dragon's scary, but I just, I just, I like just the little kid humor into it. How they they don't take it seriously. I like, I just enjoy how kids. I really like how like kids don't quite grasp the concept of death. Like it's just like it's a game to them, and I do like how they played this out. Um, and then you get this weird like Shazam's trying to fight. You know the bad guys. They're fight. He's fighting the dragon, and then you have the Shazam family who's all powerless, trying to like save the city. And again, so taking it back a little bit, the sisters, they plant the seed and they put the dome over the city for reasons. I have no idea why they put the dome over the city. And then for, it very feels like Dark Knight Rises, except the city just continued on as normal. I just thought that little tidbit was like, man, if there was a giant dome over a city where you like you can't get in and out, the world would not be freaking out. I would not be going to work the next day. I'd be calling out and be like, yeah, no, there's a giant dome. Um, shit's happening. Like... I don't want to work, but no, they played it off as like they're going back to work. So I thought it was really interesting. Uh, just to save time a little bit, let's get to the thing. So there's one part, there's one scene that I thought was so cringe, so bad, but I want to talk about it. And that's the taste of rainbow scene. 
<laughs> so the whole idea with Starla is great too. She's also another one of those characters where she's just like a little girl who's just so innocent, but like she has powers. So it's just the actress who plays her, um, the little girl actress who is it, Darla. Oh yeah, Megan Good and then Faith Herman. Like they, they played off really, really good. I think Megan Good is she's the, yeah, Megan Good, great job. She just delivers. She delivers delivers the adult version, and then Faith Herman definitely delivers as a kid. The Taste the Rainbow scene is one of those. I'm happy they did it, but I'm also it's so cringe. So for those who don't know, uh, they go to or if you don't remember, they the monsters are attacking the city. Her whole plan was what beats what beats monsters and the pen the magic pen answers unicorns where do you find unicorns dark places they try one dark place they find a bunch of unicorns unicorns don't like humans and they're like what do unicorns like they like the nectar of the gods so she's like i have skittles they're just as good and as these unicorns are running to kill the kids she throws skittles in slow motion and your brain everyone uh, my brain's just like taste the rainbow taste the rainbow just very quietly, taste the rainbow. And my God, <laughs> my brain was so satisfied, but at the same time, like, ah, that is so, so cringe. And then a couple minutes on, she's riding the unicorns, taste the rainbows, motherfucker. I'm like, this. I can't tell if that's great or awesome or horrible. Um, so I just want to talk about that because it's one of those scenes where I'm like, I don't know if I love it or I hate it. Um, Shazam going to the end of the movie Shazam makes a hero sacrifice and he saves the day and he dies and I hated this I absolutely hated the fact that they killed him off I don't care that he, they brought him back but that's even worse that scene's even worse I really hate that they kill off Shazam not because like you need like I think superhero movies are great when you have stakes but this is one of those movies where you don't need these great of stakes. This is not that serious of a film. And they try to take this film very, very seriously. They try to make the most seriously generic film they possibly can with Shazam. It's like not the route I would have went. I would have went very much that amateur. Shazam is an amateur hero who doesn't really need to save the world. He's just a kid playing the role of hero. And even if he falls into that, like um, he falls into a villain that is trying to destroy the world and he find happenstance finds himself in a position where he has to save the world that's fine i just don't feel like you can treat shazam as a straight-up hero and then also play off the fact that he is incompetent i don't think it works that well it's just not a great idea and we'll, i'll talk like how it, we would i would make this film but yeah he makes the hero sacrifice it doesn't work they immediately give him a funeral in the other part of the world it looked like they were in Athens, Greece, where they buried him. How did they get there? Who knows? Who knows? Don't go, don't go in this movie asking questions. This movie doesn't make sense once you ask start asking questions. So they have a funeral scene. They bury him among the gods. They call him a god now, which he has god powers, but like he sacrificed himself. Now he's a god. Gods are selfish, right? Like, would a god sacrifice himself to save people? Is that a godlike move? That that whole thing doesn't make sense. So they're at a funeral. They're all sad. And then Wonder Woman just shows up. And then you hear the Wonder Woman music. The that type of music. And she's posturing like it's a fucking Vought film from the boys. Like, why are you posturing at a funeral? Why are you showing up and posturing? 
like, yeah, she goes and saves the day, which who called Wonder Woman? Who let her know that she's the one that's needed? Also, you need a god's touch. She's not a god. She's a demigod. Don't ask questions. It's just a film. She saves Billy. Billy isn't dead. Billy, you know, got just basically got necromanced and now is flirting with a person who essentially raised him from the dead. It just doesn't work. That whole end scene with Wonder Woman. Also, the fact that Wonder Woman, uh, Wonder Brother. Warner Bros. has to put that in the trailer to get people to see the movie, but she doesn't even show up. She's barely in the film. I don't know. It That whole end scene I hated. Like, I'm all for Wonder Woman being in the film because it makes sense. It makes sense for her to be part of it, especially if she was, like, a bigger part of the film. That whole end scene, no, not great. All right, let's talk end credits because I'm definitely over time. Like, I always am. Try to, do, try to do these mini episodes 20 minutes apart and I'm already ahead. Ed credits. This is where it gets really confusing because I didn't think Shazam's going to be in the new James Gunn DCU. And these end credits make it seem like he is. So the first end credit, he meets up with Amelia and John from Peacemaker's crew and they invite him to the Justice Society of America, which Shazam promptly makes fun of the fact that there's a justice league and a justice society of america and how it's very confusing because it's very confusing comics did not dc comics um in the 1950s did not a good did not do a good job at naming their uh teams because it's very confusing um yeah it's just really confusing because it's like okay is shazam gonna be in like is there a justice society movie coming out is he gonna be just a society in a TV show? Is Zachary Levi coming back as Shazam? There's so many questions. I have no idea. Is he going to be part of this whole new universe? I mean, Asher Angel, who, who I didn't even talk about this whole film. There isn't much to talk about him or Zachary Levi. They're fine. Are they coming back? Asher Angel's like 20. Or he in the movie, he seemed like he was 20. Like he, they play him off as 18. He seemed like he is 20. He's 20 years old. So he's already outaged Shazam. So is it going to be just Zachary Levi playing the character then? I don't know. I'm so confused by this whole thing. And then the next end credit with Dr. Savannah, who's the villain in the first film, and Mr. Mine, who was in the end credits of the first film, comes back. And I, I enjoyed the joke, like, hey, I'm back. We're going to do evil things. But I'm going to have to leave again before I can come back and get you. Well, what's the plan here? Seems like there's going to be more Shazam. I don't know. It's just very confusing. I thought I can't tell if this is going to be it, and they're just teasing things that's just not going to happen, or they're just like, you know what? He might be in the DCU. James Gunn might have plans for him. It seems like it. Who knows? All right, let's get rating time. My ratings for this. Initially... Coming out of the theater is 3+, plus, just because it was very entertained. It was just a very entertaining generic film. I think right now I give it a 3. I think it's going to be a 3-. minus. Um, the person I saw it with, Moser, he gave it a 2+. Plus. Donald watched it. He told me it was a 2. Usually I feel like I'm pretty, like, I rank these movies really, really harshly. Maybe it's the fact that I actually like Shazam, so I enjoy this movie. Maybe that's why I'm giving it a 3. I don't know. It's a three. 
I'm going to say three for now. It might be a three minus. It's one of those, it's fun. It's a fun film. It's a fun, generic film. If you like Shazam, you'll in, you, you won't hate this film. But it's not great. It's not a great film. It's just good with a lot of flaws. Don't think about it. If you want to watch Shazam, if you want to watch this movie, it's it'll, it'll be worth it. If you don't care about Shazam or if you just want to save money for a movie for not go to the movies, it's, it's skippable. It's a skippable movie. All these DC films might be skippable, except for maybe The Flash. But yeah, all right. Three stars, four minutes over. That's it. That's the demi for you guys. Shazam, Fury of the Gods. What do you guys think about it? Tell me tell me in all the social media page, my Facebook, uh, Don't Evolve Me, as well as Twitter. As long as email, me at gmail.com. Please give me your thoughts. Tell me if I'm wrong. Tell me I'm right. Let me know. All right. This is me. This is it. I am out. Thank you.